Hi everybody, Sean here from Momentum and uh, I hope you guys are going well. So I'm just sorting out my recording and we should be all good. Anyway everybody, if you're joining me on this podcast, you know that I'm talking about meal plans versus counting calories. Now I actually had a really good chat with a follower on my Instagram and uh, we had a good chat about why she doesn't follow counting calories and I believe that you know every single tool needs to work for a different person and you need to have multiple tools. But I'm going to share with you my experience with uh, meal plans versus counting calories and you don't have to agree with me but I think the one thing I wanted to do with this podcast and also this Instagram and Facebook live is to educate people and see the other side of the perspective because unless we can keep something consistent and sustainable nothing can be measured nothing can be managed and there's multiple ways that we can do this. Now I have been a personal trainer for the last 11 years I have been going to the gym for the last 15 years and I have been able to use a few different things and a few different methods to help people get their results. But ultimately, what we need to do is establish some sort of consistency to make sure that we can actually measure and manage to help you get that goal. No matter if you're trying to build muscle, lose weight, gain muscle, lose fat, or even gain fat, um, the problem is that people will start to go and try and find the quick fix to help them get the results that they really want. And so a $2 tool was going to give you a $2 result. So don't forget that one. So if you're going to be that person who is looking to lose weight, gain muscle, and you're trying to find out what you need to do to be able to gain muscle, lose fat by eating food, you need to understand that food comes in the form of calories. Now, everyone has heard of, heard of this C word before, calories or kilojoules as the K word. It is a unit of measure that we use for food. But I'm not going to make this a whole science-based project. I'm going to be really talking about education without the science, so to speak. So today what I'm going to talk to you about, talk to you is why I think meal plans don't work as good as counting calories, but that doesn't mean you don't have a meal plan. They can actually coexist within one another. So the first thing is, I don't like meal plans because it doesn't quite give you the flexibility. And what I mean by this is that I always want people to go, hey, look, can you just list the foods uh, I need to eat every single day and I'll just follow it. It gives us a short-term versus long-term mentality. It actually gives a very short-term-based mentality. And this is what I don't like about meal plans. Because the person will go, hey, look, what happens when Christmas comes and New Year's comes and this comes? And I was like, well, it doesn't follow your meal plan, does it? What can we do to give you um, the tools to last for longer? And so... I've had a lot of people go, hey, look, can you just write me a meal plan? First of all, legally, I can't. I can give you a lot of recipes and ideas of meal plans, but we cannot go, hey, look, this is the meal plan you need to follow step by step all the way through. Not allowed to. Only dietitians can actually do that, believe it or not. From here as well, it gives us a very like zero versus 100% mentality. And a reason why I don't like that is because everything needs to be done in a somewhere between, okay? You can't be 100 and you can't be 0%. So let's see what we can do with this. The next thing it gives boredom. It actually gives a lot of boredom and also fatigue as well. So people could be eating the same thing over and over for the next three weeks. And guess what? You'll be bored as hell. Every Monday you're eating this, every Tuesday you're eating that, every Wednesday you're eating this. It can get very repetitive. Now for me, I'm a repeat eater. So I'm not going to lie. I actually really enjoy eating the same things. But I am not going to follow a meal plan where it says, hey, every breakfast you have to eat oats. Every you know, lunchtime, you have to eat the same thing over and over. So I like to get a little bit of some variety in there. And I also don't really even like really following recipes, if I'm being honest. 
they do give me good ideas. I try it once. I go, hey, look, if that's something that we like, we'll put it into the bank and we can repeat that over and over. But the reason why I don't like meal plans is because I do a lot of people who do end up going, hey, look, I get bored of the same food, which you're totally entitled to. I don't get I don't know what to really do when people get bored with food when I really, I can tell people, hey, look, I don't eat for enjoyment 90% of the time. I actually eat to sustain myself. So that's something I like to have with a lot of people to understand. The second thing is blindly following a meal plan. Now, the reason why I don't like people the reason why I don't like people blindly following a meal plan is because they don't actually understand what's important about it. So say if you're eating, say, no, meal A is this, meal B is this, and meal C is this, what do we actually do to make sure we can modify it if you're not getting your results? Because now we don't understand what we're measuring. Now, you may need to consult with another person to help you with this, but it's not exactly something that you can teach yourself when it's not your meal plan that you've created or your meal plan that you understand the back end of. You're just going, hey, look, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to do that. What about the modifications? What about the allergies? Whatever you might need to do. What about the fact that you have you know, a high-carb day and a low-carb day? We just don't understand it. We just have to really bluntly follow it. So we like to get people to go some versus none. I want to make sure that people understand that you can have some of this as opposed to none of that. Because if it's not on your meal plan, it means that you probably can't have it ever. And that's completely a lie. I believe that there is no such thing as a bad food, but there's a bad amount of food that you can have. Let's think about that, okay? Is a tomato bad? No. If you need 20 tomatoes, probably still not that bad. Is one chocolate bar bad? No. 20 chocolate bars? Yes, very bad, okay? That's the concept that we want people to know because there is such thing as serving sizes. And if you can eat your serving sizes appropriately, you got to understand how many calories something has, how many sugar something has, and you go, hey, look, maybe I shouldn't have that as much as I should, or I shouldn't have that as much as I am. And that's why I want people to understand as well, which is kind of why like, I like to kind of poke the bear with a lot of people and go, hey, look, I'm going to have a burger today just to see what people's reactions are. And people would disguise their bad meals and call it cheat meals. But really what it is, is if you understand how to actually put this into your daily plan then you're fine it's actually not a problem at all so the next one is education and if you're listening to this i'm preaching to the converted you are all about education education is power education is key and i want everyone to be hopefully on the same boat as this but you know if you're listening to this you probably don't need to be told that because you are here for education why i like this is because Say if you had someone who was eating chicken and they know that chicken's good for them. Now, don't get me wrong, I've had a few people go, hey, look, is chicken good for you or is it, you know, one kilo of chicken better for me? And I want people to know that when you have a meal plan that just tells you what to eat, you're not actually understanding why you are eating it. If you are understanding the macro countdown and also the calories, you go, hey, look, I understand that this is kind of like a Lego. I'm looking at this piece of food and I can go, I know roughly how much fat's in that. I know roughly how much carbohydrates in that, if any, in that piece of meat and how much fat's in it. And that's where we go, hey, look, not meat is good, but this portion, this sizing is actually good. This is my understanding of it anyway. Because when I have people go, look, meat's good. Bacon, lamb, sausages, but... 
we understand that sausages, for example, have a higher yield of fat. Same with bacon, has a higher yield of fat. Lamb also has a higher yield of fat. So then why don't we look into things like chicken breast, chicken thighs even has a less amount of fat compared to it. Lean beefs, lean beef mints, these things have less amounts of fat per 100 grams. Now, people go, how do I find out what 100 grams is? Get a kitchen scales. It's not rocket science. You want to weigh yourself, you should probably weigh your food as well. It's a good idea to understand what a portion size is as well. So when you start to count your calories, you start to read labels, you start to understand what a portion sizing is, you start to understand what a normal portion size is. And I got really, really upset when we went to Hawaii two years back. And basically everything that I seemed to have eaten and everything that was even happened to be served to me was happening to be like two or three portion sizes because everybody was unaware of what they were actually eating. And for those of you who are out there, a good way to know justify what a portion sizing is especially if you don't want to get the kitchen scales out anyway and I've learned to adapt to people who don't want to use kitchen scales or don't refuse to use kitchen scales or refuse to be able to measure and manage anything is start to use the size of their fist because the size of fist is pretty relatable to each person and a good tip for you out there is if you want to get at least 20 to 30 grams of protein depending on the actual yield of the meat itself so lamb versus chicken chicken versus fish fish versus fatty fish and red fish, all of them will be a little bit different, but a fist size is roughly at 20 to 30 grams of protein, okay, a fist size, and that generally happens to work a lot with each person, no matter if they're big or small, and if you can eat at least two to three fist sizes of meat, that's going to be a good amount of meat for you per day. Now, this is where it tends to fail once again without reading labels and learning how to um, manage your calories. What if you don't eat meat? There we are. That's going to be a difficult one. So another good source that I like to use as an example is actually yogurt and Greek style yogurt as well. Imagine if I told someone to go get some Greek yogurt and they happen to have gotten the wrong brand because branding also comes into consideration when we're looking at nutrients and macronutrients. The one that I particularly like is Chobani 0% plain yogurt. It's just a blue tub and anyone's ever had it, it's 181 grams per serving size and you get like 15 grams of protein, zero grams of carbs and almost no grams of fat if any at all. Now if you get the wrong size of or so if you get the wrong brand of this particular yogurt, you're going to be picking up a different brand which has different macronutrients because not all of them are going to be the same. And this particular one could have up to say 20 grams of sugar because of the flavoring, okay? That's also another thing to take into consideration. The serving size might be different because each company will do a serving size based on what they feel is considered considered the norm. So it could be 150 grams as opposed to 180 grams. This is where we want people to understand. Like if you don't know what a serving size is, you need to read it and you need to also look at it on the actual label. And that's the education part that you may not get from a meal plan. Anyway, guys, this is where I'm going to leave today's podcast and hopefully today's Facebook Live was able to help you out understand why We love people to be able to do these things. Now, the last thing I'm going to say to everybody out there is that you can actually have a meal plan or you can, should I say, you can also start counting calories to make a meal plan. And that's where we love to teach people how to do these things or even saying that teach people to be able to understand why we do these things as opposed to here you are, here's your meal plan and chuck them at their face. 
because it's better to be able to teach someone so that they can go for further and longer through their journey as opposed to just giving them the tools and they can do it for maybe about six weeks and they're like, all right, cool, I'm done. There's, I'm not sure what this is. They give up, they don't do it anymore and they blame the process or blame the fact that they cannot do it. When really what they need to do is be able to take that five to 10 minutes, maybe even saying like an hour to plan something that works for them and then they can actually go from there. And that's something that I had to do with a few clients of mine in the past. Like, hey, look, these are your macros. But together, what we can do is create a meal plan for you that works with your lifestyle so that you can cook it, you can buy it, you can find it, it's more available for you. And guess what? We've just done two things at once. And that's what I want to do with a lot of people, being able to teach people the flexibility to be able to enjoy their food. When you go out, you should be able to be able to eat, you should be able to go, hey, look, I know this is how many carbohydrates, I know how much the fat this is roughly and approximately. Because if you're looking at like, I had a few people who was like, yeah, I'm going to eat some protein. And they ate a banana. And they're like, well, first of all, you don't understand what's happening. You assumed it was a banana. You didn't actually read the label. You didn't actually do your research into it. And you only have to do it once or twice to understand that bananas do not have protein. Okay? I'm going to leave it there for everyone. If you have any questions, obviously just comment on the posts on Facebook Live and tag me as well. Or what you can do is you can actually message me on Instagram and I'd love to have a chat and what you think. Like it doesn't have to be anything formal. You can just always just have a bit of a chat. I love to just talk about health and fitness and your goals as well. So you just head over to my Instagram at sean.momentum and I'll be happy to see what we can do to help you out, okay? Take care, everybody. Have a great night and I hope you guys are building momentum towards the end of the year of 2021. Thank you.